Honestly, I'm not even sure what to say at this point, but I'm going to try to put some words together about the Boston Bruins because this is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I hope they're still your favorite team anyways after another three-goal lead was squandered, this time against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll get into that in a moment, but first I'd like to remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at Ian C. McLaren. That's I-A-N-C-M-C-L-A-R-E-N. Please subscribe, download, and listen to the show every day, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts. Uh, Apple users particularly, I would encourage you to leave a rating and review if you're enjoying the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Now, as I mentioned off the top, the Bruins, uh, for the second time in four games and the third time this season, uh, coughed up a three-goal lead on Sunday, resulting in a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they got off to such a strong start, and I was hoping that they would be able to build on their previous uh, win over the Pittsburgh Penguins just a couple nights ago. Uh, Patrice Bergeron scored his 21st goal of the season just 11 seconds in. Andres Bjork added his 8th, I believe, uh, less than 2 minutes later. Uh, they really seemed to have Matt Murray uh, on the ropes. They were in his head. Uh, they added a 3rd goal thanks to David Pasternak, his league leading 37th of the season. But then, uh, slowly but surely, the Penguins started to chip away, and they emerged victorious. Um, there was a couple of particularly egregious goals that the Bruins gave up. The first two were created by pretty sensational passing from Sidney Crosby, which is going to happen. Uh, the third was a shorthanded goal scored by Jack Johnson. And uh, the fourth and that game winner was scored by Brian Rust off a turnover by Charlie McAvoy from behind his own net. Um, I mentioned on the podcast before about uh, the concept of score effects where a team goes up two, three, four goals. Uh, the opposition will obviously turn it on in an attempt to get back in the game. The uh, team that's leading will uh, therefore sit back, try to defend the lead. And particularly in today's NHL, um, that's not really a recipe for success. And that's something that Patrice Bergeron mentioned after the game. He said, you can't just have a good effort, be satisfied with that, and then play for half a game or whatever that was. We need to take it upon ourselves, take responsibility, and be accountable for how we're able to play in this locker room. I've said that many, many times. Um, it's one of those games where we were playing a good team. They're going to give you a push, but you can't let that go by. With a 3-0 lead, you know there's a lot of game left. You've got to play the right way and keep pushing keep increasing that lead. Uh, and that's kind of what I was saying, not sitting back on the lead and just trying to preserve it. But uh, yeah, you have to, in today's NHL, just keep the pedal on the gas, keep the pedal on the gas, keep your foot on the gas and try to uh, get as many goals as you can. The Bruins entering today's game, dating back to 2011, uh, were 201-6 when holding a three-goal lead uh, entering today's game. Now they've lost three games after holding a similar lead this season. Today, against, or sorry, Sunday against Pittsburgh, 
last week against the Flyers, and then earlier this season against the Florida Panthers. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, he said, the goals we're giving up, what is it? Lack of focus? Do we lose our urgency? They're gifts. You can get outplayed. You'll, you will be by good teams and stretches, but they are gifts tonight. And that's particularly the goal by Johnson, which Halak must have, and that turnover by McAvoy. Um, Bergeron added, you've got to play the same way you start a game and the way you know you're able to play. The mindset should always be about the next shift, and no matter what the situation is, that's what we've got to get back to. I think the Bruins' uh, long break here coming up is just what uh, they need. Uh, it's been a long uh, stretch of pretty competitive hockey uh, dating back to the playoffs. Uh, the Bruins obviously went to the limit, and um, I think that's one of the problems. Fatigue, maybe uh, just the fact that uh, they are pretty well secure in a playoff spot. They're they're battling for position right now with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are hot on their heels. Uh, but the fatigue factor... The fact that there was really no roster turnover, no internal competition, that has really kind of uh, developed an, a complacency in this team. Um, and it's, yeah, coming back to bite them in the ass. Certainly over the last uh, six weeks or so, dating back to that Pittsburgh game, uh, sorry, the Florida game, the Bruins do have one game left prior to the All-Star break. That's coming up on uh, Tuesday at home to the Vegas Golden Knights. They're playing under new head coach uh, Pete DeBoer, and uh, it won't be an easy game for the Bruins by any means. There's few and far between in today's NHL. Uh, We've seen the Bruins lose to the Kings, to the Red Wings, to the Devils. Uh, So certainly there's no uh, gimmies in today's NHL, and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are... Uh, actually quite a contender in the Western Conference, a fairly open Western Conference. So um, Bergeron, again, he said, it's not a matter of effort. It's just being smart. When you're forcing plays all the time in the wrong areas, they make you pay. And that's, uh, yeah, what happened against the Penguins? And here we are again for those calling for Bruce Cassidy's head. I, I don't really believe that's an option at this point. I would be shocked if... Uh, Don Sweeney took that route, but we have seen crazier things happen in the NHL. Even just looking at Vegas, nobody saw the firing of Gerard Gallant coming. Peter Laviolette was passed over uh, or fired by the the Predators. He's a Massachusetts native. I jokingly mentioned if anyone had noted that on Twitter. I mean, even Gerard Gallant is out there. So um, it's not like uh, there aren't, options out there but again i think bruce cassidy has earned the benefit of the doubt it's more on the players at this point sweeney's done really nothing to help this team following the game seven loss uh there have been no notable additions uh they've cut richie and bacchus from the roster and i think uh, we really need to see what he's going to do to complement uh the roster at this point um, I don't know if Bjork is the long-term answer, second line right wing, if Kuhlman's the answer anywhere, uh, even though he has looked pretty good. Uh, but they really need uh, a boost on that right side. 
Uh, and I hate to say it, but if you look at what Kovalchuk has been doing in Montreal, he would have come at um, less than what the Bruins are saving on uh, Bacchus's contract. So if the Bruins had been a bit forward-thinking there and had decided to uh, cut Bacchus a few weeks ago, add Kovalchuk, he's got four goals and four assists in eight games for the Canadians, looking like a dominant player, to be honest. And I think that was an opportunity missed for Don Sweeney. So he has to do something here to really uh, regain, not regain my trust, but uh, help me to know that um, there won't just be Band-Aid, um, Band-Aid solutions made here, but that um, they will add something of substance prior to the trade deadline. Uh, so yeah, it was a disappointing day for sure for Bruins fans on Sunday. Uh, we all witnessed together another meltdown, wondering what's going on. Uh, again, I really think this break is coming at a perfect time for the Bruins. After the Vegas game, they'll be off uh, until the 31st, uh, where they will play in Winnipeg. So they will be the All-Star break, uh, plus another four days off there. Uh, only Cassidy and Pasternak will be going for the Bruins. It'll give the other guys a chance to spend some time with their families, get some rest, hit the beach, really regroup, get refreshed, and uh, the Bruins will hopefully be well served down the stretch uh, by that by that break. Um, heading into the Vegas game, we'll talk about this again more Tuesday. Heading into that game, but right now they've played fifty games, so thirty two left. They're twenty eight, ten, and twelve. 68 points, which is uh, tied for second with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, technically, they're in uh, third place as uh, the Blues have more regulation and overtime wins. Uh, they have 30. Capitals have 30. Bruins and Penguins tied at 28. 68 points for the Bruins. 68 for the Blues. Capitals in first at 71 with the Penguins hot on their heels fourth after Sunday's win. They have 67 points. Forgive the chatter in the background. Those are my sons. They're actually putting on a show right now. So I'll pause here and we'll be back uh, to talk more about these Boston Bruins. And actually, I wanted to touch on uh, some mental health stuff as we get deeper into January, a tough time of year, and uh, Bell Let's Talk Day coming up as well up here in Canada. For those of you who don't know, today is actually uh, Blue Monday, which is the name given to the day in January, typically the third Monday of the month, which is believed to be the most depressing day of the year. Now, this isn't just because the Bruins uh, blew a three-goal lead to the Penguins yesterday, but also just because you know the holidays have come and gone. Uh, we've got a lot of snow over the weekend up here, at least, um, kind of in the dog days of winter, if that's really a thing. Um, some time until March break, until summer holidays, things like that. Um, so I thought it would be a good time with, um, also with Bell Let's Talk Day coming up, uh, next week, I believe. Bell Let's Talk is a day here up in Canada where, um, Bell, who's a, a phone, internet, cable company up here, um, they commit to donating money based on the number of tweets and shares on social media to mental health programs up here in Canada. There's, you know, 
complaints about it being a corporate thing, blah, blah, blah. It's not perfect, but it's something and it gets people talking. Uh, a few years ago, as a contribution to Bell Let's Talk, um, I wrote uh, a post online that I thought um, I would share now just as uh, kind of why um, you may have heard me on the podcast before talking about mental health issues, something that came up around the Akeem Alou situation. Um, so this is why um, I choose to talk about it oh, uh, oh, maybe more openly than others or as a thing anyway. So I wrote um, the night before our third son was born, I took to Twitter to share a few thoughts in regards to my struggles with anxiety. I always get super reflective around times of change and welcoming a third son into the world. Certainly qualified. Those who follow me on Twitter uh, will know that as well. Since it was around Bell Let's Talk Day, I thought I would share those tweets uh, and reiterate the fact that I'm always available to chat for those who need an ear. Back then I wrote, uh, there's always there's zero shame in taking further medical measures because uh, mental health, anxiety, depression is an illness, not a sign of weakness. Please talk to a doctor if need be. Uh, anxiety is something that has affected me for as long as I can remember. I've often felt paralyzed by fear, doubt, and worry, often to the detriment of those around me, those I love the most. Um, I can't say I've fallen into a full-on depression, but I can pinpoint times in my life where I'd wake up and comfort myself with the thoughts that this point in the day would be the furthest I'd be from returning to bed, which is where I really wanted to remain. So not a great mindset, waking up and starting a new day. Uh, for me, it was only through my wife's loving encouragement and support that I was able to fully acknowledge that it was a problem, my anxiety that is, not only for myself, but also for others, and to seek help through meeting with a counselor and talking to our family doctor. Uh, we have three boys, as I mentioned, and it's something that needed to be reeled in, not only to model to them that a better way of living is possible, but also to demonstrate that there's no shame in talking about our feelings and seeking help when the need arises. It's something that remains an everyday struggle for me, but I am on a better path, uh, connecting with people uh, via hockey Twitter, uh, on social media, even through this podcast has been helpful to that end. Uh, so again, I've said it on the podcast before, but know that I'm always open to chatting if anyone out there needs an ear. Um, I've, I personally believe I waited too long to address it, but I'm glad I did when I did. Um, we've, as a family, gone through some serious medical, I don't know what you call it, issues, situations, trauma from that over the past few years. And I don't think I would have made it through those times without uh, my anxiety medication, various centering techniques I've picked up along the way being open about my feelings with people who are willing to come alongside us. Um, we all know life is hard, the world is messed up, but we can take steps today to make things a little better for ourselves and the people that we love. Um, if there's one thing I can suggest right now to help, it's to think about your happy place. Uh, as cliche as that sounds, happy Gilmore, <laughs> who knew that could be life-changing. Uh, but take some deep breaths, picture uh, a place that brings back fond memories or has brought you peace and um, yeah just take that time to uh, find that calming place in your mind uh, so all this to say please keep talking please keep listening please know that you're not alone in this world 
And if you're struggling, need a non-judgmental ear, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Um, and, uh, I'd be happy to, uh, try to help or, um, yeah, just, just be an ear in tough times or please reach out to someone that you trust as well. Um, life is busy for me. I can't promise that I'll be able to respond quickly. So if it's something that's uh, more serious, please reach out or, or reach out to a helpline, something like that. So again, that's not really hockey related per se, a bit of a divergence from regular Bruins talk, but I thought it was important just on uh, this day. Um, mental health is something that's always important to, to discuss, I think. And, um, you know, jokingly brought up the Bruins game uh, to begin this, but, um, you know, we turned to hockey to maybe sometimes forget about um, things that are going in our lives. And obviously when the Bruins are doing well and they're uh, fun to watch, um, it that really helps towards that end. But if it's just compounding what's going on in our real lives, then it um, can be uh, problematic. So, all that to say, just know you're not alone, and um, I'm happy to have this platform to be able to share uh, something like that. Um, so yeah, before we move on, I just wanted to mention that if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great uh, advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Boston Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach um, Bruins fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, the Locked On Network gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. So not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On podcast listener, meaning every day. If your company wants to connect with uh, Bruins fans from around the Boston, New England area, uh, and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. You can text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We very much look forward to hearing from you. As we do every day, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, there was an interesting one. I mentioned Kovalchuk earlier in the podcast. Uh, Chris Johnston of Sportsnet reported on the weekend that the Canadians are very pleased with their performance, obviously. Uh, they signed them to a one-year prorated $700,000 deal. He has the eight points in eight games. As the Canadians get healthier coming out of the All-Star break, with uh, Brendan Gallagher hoping to come back, uh, Jonathan Drouin. Uh, Johnston believes that Kovalchuk could become a trade asset that lands the Habs a draft pick. Um, so that would be an uh, interesting turn of events. I mentioned that with the possibility of the Bruins maybe uh, taking that route. It would be a bit humbling for Sweeney, but uh, that would be a nice piece of business for uh, the Canadians if they can flip Kovalchuk uh, into a, a draft pick for the future. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Bernier from Le Journal de Montreal, he mentioned that uh, Brian Boyle last season got a second-round pick. Uh, Thomas Vanek got a third-round pick a few years ago. 
So it's certainly um, not out of the realm of possibility for the Canadians, um, who I don't believe will get back into the playoff race to get a second or third round pick if he maintains this uh, point per game pace, certainly. So that'd be uh, something to, to keep an eye on for sure. Um, there's also some rumblings out of Los Angeles that Jeff Carter from the Kings could be made available. He doesn't seem to want to leave. He said he loves playing in LA, being part of the team. Uh, he's owed $5.2 million, uh, through 2021-22, so still a couple years left on his deal. Uh, I think the Bruins kicked the tires on him last season, but uh, they certainly don't have the room uh, this year to add a player of, uh, with that contract. An expiring contract like Tyler Toffoli's would be much more... Um, yeah, much more uh, palatable, I guess. So, uh, again, lots of names out there in trade talks, and um, we'll see if and what the Bruins do prior to the deadline. I mean, they will do something, hopefully, and uh, it's just a matter of who they can bring in and um, what they're able to do. Um, uh, I should mention Alex Ovechkin. He's now tied for second in the uh, goals race. He's three back of David Pasternak, who has 34. Uh, he's tied with Austin Matthews. Sorry, Pasternak has 37. Ovechkin, 34. Matthews with uh, 34 as well. He's uh, recorded two straight hat-tricks. Uh, he's now up to 692 career goals, passing Mario Lemieux for 10th on the all-time scoring list. Tied for ninth with Steve Eiserman, so he'll pass him soon as well. Um, he's also, yeah, like I said, just a couple back of... Um, Pasternak in the race for this year's Richard Trophy. He needs three goals to pass Marc Messier and could reach uh, seventh place Mike Gardner, who has 708 before the end of the season. Uh, so Ovechkin slowly, no, not even slowly, just steadily rising the ranks of the game's greatest scorers. And if all goes well, then uh, it's possible that he... Uh, could pass Wayne Gretzky when it's all said and done. Um, so yeah, that's some news and notes from around the NHL over the weekend. Um, the biggest thing for the Bruins obviously was the um, loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. There was some positive news for the Bruins as they were named by NHL.com as being on the winning end of the game of the decade. That would be the Bruins win over the Maple Leafs in game seven of the 2013 uh, opening round where they were down uh, 4-1 very late in the third period, 14-31 remaining to be exact. And then um, they got goals from Nathan Horton, Milan Lucic, Patrice Bergeron, who then uh, added the overtime winner for the Bruins in that uh, just unreal comeback that I had texted some friends of mine who were Leafs fans and said congratulations before it was over. So uh, kind of regretted that, uh, and uh, it worked out uh, on my end anyways in that one. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you have a great start to the week, and we will check in tomorrow with a preview of uh, Tuesday's game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, Boston's final game before 
the all-star break, which uh, will be quite lengthy. So I'll do my best to come up with some creative ways to fill the time. Uh, maybe looking at some top trade candidates, opening up the mailbag, um, maybe some where are they nows, things like that uh, to keep things fresh through the all-star break as well as uh, covering the all-star game itself. So yeah, my name is Ian McLaren. Thanks again for for taking the time to listen. As always, you can find me at ENC McLaren and follow the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins. This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.